Hello everyone, welcome to the transfer episode two. If you are, if this is your first one, please make sure you go uh, give the previous episode a listen to as we covered some really, really important basic information that we'll be talking about in uh, this series. Now this is a podcast for youth. A podcast, if you're a teenager, this is perfect for you because we want to share what we know. We want to transfer what we know about God and about the Bible to you. And again, I'm with Pastor Beck. Hey, how you doing? And we are going to talk about Mark. Yeah, let's get into it. So the next, I guess, 11, 12 weeks, we are going to be going step by step mm. through the book of Mark. So today we're going to start with some context and look a little bit about who Mark was, what was happening at the time. Right. That'll really help us as we step through Mark Little by little, it'll give us an idea of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, hey, what do you know about Mark, Jared? Um, oof. Well, I've done a, I managed to squeeze in a little bit of study before we had in this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, he was Peter's scribe, one of the disciples. He was a disciple scribe. And I also managed to read up that uh, he um, also hung out a bit with Paul, which was really interesting, which he is what did. I found out. Yeah. yeah, so the early church fathers say that the book of Mark was written by John Mark. Mm-hmm. They'll later drop the John and just keep Mark. <laughs> Makes um, it a lot more simple, I suppose. Right. Uh, Aronius in AD 130 to 202, uh, he wrote uh, Mark, who became Peter's interpreter, wrote accurately, though not in order, all that he remembered of the things said or done mm-hmm. by the Lord. The really interesting thing about the book of Mark is that he's writing the book as the scribe, but the story he tells is not his own. Right. The story he tells is Peter's. Right. In fact, in 1 Peter 5.13, the apostle Peter will refer to Mark as a spiritual son. Okay. As a son in the faith. So I love that thought. Really interesting. So Peter, this is the gospel according to Mark through his hand, but it's through Peter's eyes. Right. Peter was an eyewitness to all that went on as he followed Jesus. John Mark um, was uh, writing this gospel, they say sometime between AD 65 to 70, and he's writing it from the city of Rome. Any ideas why that might be significant? Well, I suppose Rome was like the, the major, major kind of place of the day. Rome, Rome was the deal there. The Colosseum, they pretty much... Not too historically accurate here, but they pretty much owned everyone and everything. So if you were going to change, if you were going to get some good information, if you were going to do something major important in the world, it would make sense that you would do it in Rome. I'm thinking if I wanted to start a world-changing movement, I wouldn't do it back in my hometown of Maury. But being being in the center of everything would would make sense to me why they were kind of doing that there. Just one quick question that I had, though. What do you, what do we mean when we talk about that word gospel? Because at the top of my Bible, it says the gospel according to Mark. What does that word gospel like even mean? Yeah, right. Well, in the Hellenistic um, era, so that's talking really about the Greek... Um, uh, how do we say it? The Greek culture that um, was around at the time a lot of the rulers had what they called their own gospel. Right. And so, um, and they called the gospel their good news. And so as a new ruler would come in or as a new, you know, person Mm -hmm. would take over, 
they would say that you know the gospel according to caesar or the gospel according and so even as you go into your bible and you see the gospel according to mark mm. uh uh, this is the good news right. uh, um, out of Mark's hand. Mark was not a disciple. Mm. Um, we will find that he, the gospel of Mark was written by the Mark who was first mentioned in Acts 12.12 12 in connection with his mother, which I think is really right. interesting. So he grew up in a, I guess, a Christian home. Right. Barnabas, who you'll know a lot that was connected with Paul, he was his cousin. Right. So we're talking about a lot of family connections yeah. going on there. And even talking about, like, I've never really, it's, when especially growing up, I didn't really think about the Bible being so, like, interconnected. Like, you have your separate books, like, even thinking about going back to that, what you were saying about 1 Peter. Like, it's interesting to think that they knew each other, that this was, like, a group of people kind of doing things together. This guy knew that guy. Right. They took Paul to this guy because yep. this guy knew that guy. It's all... It's very interesting. I, as a growing, I never really thought about that before. That these were people with interconnected relationships in a kind of a small world. Which yeah, really and often in tight knit communities and families. Mm. We know at the time, so around AD sixty four, we know that Emperor Nero mm. um, he blamed the Christians for a massive fire that devastated the city of Rome, and it was a fire that historians believe Nero actually set to set up the Christians. And so there was terrible persecution. It was an unbelievable time. And, and the interesting thing is, is that if you think about the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew was written to Jewish believers. That's why Matthew will start with the genealogy and genealogies all the way through the Jewish line. You'll notice when we get to the book of Mark, he jumps straight into John the Baptist. There's no, you know, how was Jesus connected to the line? Because his audience is different. His audience is not the Jews. His audience is the uh, the Gentile believers in Rome. He's writing to a Roman audience. Now that you think, oh, who cares? He's writing to the Romans. That makes a really big difference in the language he uses and the imagery he uses in the text. So I think that's really interesting. I'm thinking about that. Because like, thinking about how the Jewish people were brought up, they were brought up with the Bible and already knowing all this stuff. Like, it's, yeah, it would be like writing... For a lot, I'm trying to work this metaphor out of my mind, but it'd almost be like writing a book to kids who are learning something for the first time. And you go back to Matthew, where they grew up on this type of literature. They grew up on the Bible. They grew up knowing all these stories. Like it's kind of like a kids' book and an adults' book. It's a really bad metaphor, but that's no, kind yeah, of how I, I get said it. in my mind. I get what you're saying, and the idea. Many historians and church historians believe that. Uh, the Gospel of Mark was the first gospel that was written. Mm. Others think that it was the second. Um, the reason for the first is that it's short. It's only 16 chapters. It's mm. quick in pace. Like yeah. the word immediately appears so often in the text. So they'll say a story and then immediately Jesus, immediately, mm. because they're writing to Romans. This is a civilized society as, you know, more, well, as civilized as they got back in the day. Yeah. Um, they were advancing. They were a powerhouse. Yeah. And they they are the audience. It's interesting, though, when you think it could have been after Matthew. Think about it this way. If um, the Gospel of Matthew was written to the Jews, it could be possible that, um, you know, then Peter had this thought, hey, we need to get something out to the Romans. We need to mm-hmm. get something out about, you know, everything I saw, you know, to the Roman believers and, and got Mark to write it. Either way doesn't really matter whether it was first or second, but it's interesting. Yeah. 
to think that through. Um, there are a couple of major themes that I'm just going to name them really quick. Uh, the first key theme of the book of Mark is that Jesus used his power to minister and serve to others. Um, Mark 10.45 could, could be said to be like the pinnacle verse of this whole book was that Jesus came not to um, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Um, and that was uncommon because in a Roman world, it was the job of slaves and the lower class to provide service to those in power. Mm-hmm. And Jesus would say, I've come with all authority, but I've come to serve. So he's flipping this idea on its head. Yeah, I noticed I would, did a little bit of research and they the research that I said said that Acts was broken up in, sorry, Mark was broken up into three separate acts like mm-hmm. a play. You've got Act 1 saying, who is Jesus? Act 2, this kind of fuzzy middle. And then like Act 3, talking about what he did. And it was, is it, it's really funny that the, that verse, that chapter 10, 45, where Jesus comes out and says, yeah, Peter, you got it right, I'm the Messiah, is kind of when the, the third act begins. Right. So that's, yeah, that's what I found too. Um, yeah, yeah, and then so the second theme is that Jesus is the long-expected saviour of the world. So mm. in Mark eight twenty nine, you know, Peter will have that epiphany, you, you know, you are the Christ, the son yeah. of the living God. Um, in Mark one eleven, God will... Um, declare as Jesus comes up out of the water, this is my son, mm-hmm. you know, whom I'm well pleased. And even the, the demons at the time in Mark 3.11, they'll recognize the same. But this is so interesting, okay? In Mark 15.39, the climax of this for Mark uh, now, or even Peter, as it's through his eyes, is that the Roman centurion mm-hmm. um, who's witnessed the execution of Christ, he looks and he says, truly this man was the son of God. Interesting that he was a Roman yeah. and he was a centurion. Mark's painting this picture like, you know, even the Romans are saying. Almost maybe, is, is it even, this is for you guys too? This is for you. Yeah, you're Roman believers and we're going to hit you on your level. Um, talking about how Jesus will reward those who persevere in their faith. And the fourth one was that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Um, I love this quote from David Jeremiah. He says, Mark shows us that no matter how chaotic our world becomes, we can always cling to hope and peace that we have in Jesus. Even in the darkest of times, we can rely on the light of Christ to see us through. Mm-hmm. And so a um, little bit more about Mark. Later on, he'll go and he'll accompany Paul and Barnabas on mm-hmm. their journeys. Know any of those journeys? Mm-hmm. Paul and Barnabas. Oh, I'm Traveling around. around. Yeah, you're testing me now. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Paul Barnabas. Don't worry, we'll hit you up when we get okay, to Acts. No worries. Mark deserted um, them at Perga. We find out that in Acts thirteen thirteen, causing a rift between Paul and Barnabas. So they're mm. real people. They have fights like you and I. Mm. After which Barnabas took him to Cyprus. Um, and if you see Acts fifteen thirty six to thirty nine, and Mark was restored to full favor with Paul and appears in several epistles. You can Colossians, Philippians, two Timothy four eleven, and then of course one Peter five thirteen. Um, that's really interesting to think because I know like we talk about not so much in our Christian church not so much in uh, the churches that I go to but like people say St. Paul St. Mark St. John and it's interesting like you give them that St. Mark but then you yeah think about it in the Bible like they have a rift they go they have a disagreement Mm -hmm. and they can't work it out it's very interesting to think that these yes they might have saint names and you can agree with that disagree with that it doesn't matter but these were real people doing a job that God had given them. Yeah. Like, they weren't special. They were special, but at the same part, they weren't special. They were just... They were everyday. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I want uh, people to think about this as we study Mark. Peter is often portrayed in a really unflattering light in this gospel. <laughs> and it's interesting because if this is Peter's eyes, yeah. if this is the gospel through his eyes, he's making sure that he's not painted in this, you know, amazing Peter, you're the ant's pants. He's making sure that the truth of the sinner that he was um, is being told. Yeah, Jesus even calls him Satan. So yeah. Uh, you, uh, if I was writing a, if my, if I was getting someone to write a story, I think I'd leave that part out. I would out. definitely be leaving that bit out. Yeah. Um, I know we're going to wrap this up because it's just a, a short little contextual introduction, but I love this thought that Mark is a collection of the extraordinary experiences of a simple fisherman yeah. who followed the Son of Man. Yeah. So this is these are Peter's experiences written by Mark. Mm. And so even as we go through the next 12 weeks studying, little by little, a couple of things to remember. Number one, we're looking at it through Peter's eyes. He's the eyewitness. Yeah. Who's the scribe? Mark. Mark's the scribe. Um, we know that Mark had a family that, or mum we know, and cousins and extended family where um, it was a Christian household. Mm. It was a household that were pursuing the things of God. Yeah. So um, you might be out there. I don't know what your home looks like. Maybe it is a Christian home. Maybe it isn't. Um, these were all first generation Christians. Jesus yeah. had just come. And so this is just a great reminder to us that we can, um, yeah, be a part of the story of God. Mm. And Mark was a part of the story in his day. Mm. I, I love the interconnectedness between Mark and Peter. Yeah. And I think God puts, you know, people in our lives. I think one last thought as we finish. Mark will often use Latin expressions instead of Greek expressions, which I think is interesting. Mm. He translates Aramaic terms for his reader. So a lot of the the other gospels are written in Aramaic. Um, he will translate them, Yeah, um, the terms for his reader. Um, and you go through and he actually explains... Jewish customs and quotes frequently in in his recount. Mm. And he does that because he's writing to the Romans. Mm. That'd be like um, I'm writing, you know, a history essay and I know my teacher is really, you know, particular about a certain thing. So because I know he's going to read it, mm. I'm going to make sure that I write to him. Mm. Um, or think about, you know. Think about like if I'm, if I'm trying to describe Christmas to someone who doesn't know Christmas... Or I would, thinking about it, I would break that up and I would have to, I couldn't say, yeah, we woke up at five o'clock on Christmas Day and opened presents. I would have to explain that out right. to some if, to someone in rural China or wherever. Yeah. If they didn't know Christmas, I would need to break it down. And I imagine it's the same for Mark. For those Romans who didn't understand Jewish customs, which there were a lot of them, there was a lot of festivals, a lot of customs, Yeah, they would really need to be broken down. Like Sabbath, like the weird story about wineskins and temple bread and yeah like that makes total sense yeah i mean a lot of people say oh that this is the 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 best gospel because it's the shortest um and you know i'm sure kids everywhere have thought that at some point but honestly the pace that mark uses to write is quick and yeah. he he just keeps it moving he keeps it moving because he has an audience that are used to be entertained mm. roman was rome was a powerhouse end with this Mark focuses on the power of Jesus as the Son of God. And mm. it's a topic that would have impressed a Roman audience. Right. Because they would have, 
power would impress them. So the fact yeah. that Jesus was the son of Might. God, um, yeah, that will be a theme that comes all the way through. So I'm looking forward to mm. unpacking it in the podcast to come. Yeah. So just before we leave, going in, because we're going to go through Mark over the next 12-ish weeks, whatever, we'll figure out the, ske- the schedule. Heading into the next, before we start reading the scripture and start talking about it, what, say, is the one or two pieces of information that are essential that you just talked about uh, that are essential as we go into Mark? Okay, number one, remember that Mark wrote it with his hand, but it was through Peter's eyes. This right. is Peter's story. So this is like me getting a ghostwriter, mm. and it'd be like... Um, me telling you and you writing it down. Yeah. Your name might be on the book, but it's my story. Yeah. And so this is Peter's story written through the hand of John Mark or through the hand of Mark. The second one is it is written to the Romans. Yeah. It is written to Roman Gentile believers okay. who live in Rome. And one more thing. Remember the timing that they live. It's in our people. Persecution. Yeah. You know, the Christians are being blamed for things they didn't do. It's in our people. So that's... Okay. So yeah. three things. Just to make sure I got them right. It's it's Mark writing it down, but it's through Peter's eyes. Uh, number two, it was written to the Romans. Right. So people who didn't understand the Messiah to come or the customs of the day. And number three, it was written at a time when the world wasn't in the best place. So those are the three things that I would really need to remember as I start to read Mark and start to study it. Yeah, when I think for us, if we become a Christ follower, there is no really, mm. right now in our Western society at least, there's no persecution. We don't suffer you know, physical harm because of it. Mm. If these Roman Romans decided to believe in Jesus, yeah. there was trouble. Yeah. There was the risk of persecution, death, martyrdom, all of that's on the line. And so this gospel is with that in mind. All right. I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, I know that was a lot of information, guys. I know that was a, a fair amount to take in. But just keep listening. Just keep coming. It's going to become a lot uh, clearer as we go on. And we are excited to see you on Friday night. And we are excited to continue studying the scripture with you. Yep. See you then. See you then. Cheers. <laughs>